If you're looking to create balance, make life simpler, and experience more joy in your motherhood, then Mama, you are in the right place. Join us for honest conversations that reflect both the beauty and messiness of being a working mom. Conversations about mothering, wellness, personal growth, and the business of running your own home. Hi, I'm Sarah Reckman, life coach, social worker, and mom. If you are a mama who is longing for more time, less stress, and to know that you are not alone, then grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's dive in. Today I have Laura Hernandez joining me on the podcast. She is the founder of Mama Systems, a company that exists to help mamas put systems in place in their homes so they can live more peaceful and intentional lives. I'm so excited to connect with her today. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, Sarah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about who you are as a working mom? Yeah. So my husband, Tony, and I live in the Dallas area, and we have 10 kiddos, and three of those we adopted out of foster care. And we just very quickly, once we got thrust into the mini kids, realized our great need for systems. And so I had to figure out things for ourselves because nobody had anything written on a family who just added four new children to their home and moved across the country. And I mean, all the things that made us so unique, right? And so created a process to kind of figure out what is going to work for our home, what I want to prioritize in our family, what we value. And from there, I realized that that can be used with any mama and figuring out, hey, what's important to you and how can we prioritize that in your home? And how can we put systems around it to make it happen? Yeah, I love that. I'm such a systems person. I I just love creating systems and just creating those processes that really allow you to then have more time for those things that matter more to you and automate what you can. I really do too. I kind of geek out about it and it makes me really happy. I feel like we just joined a geeky club together. So I love that. Awesome. And I would love to hear a little bit more too, in terms of your mama systems. And you said you help create systems for other women. Do you do coaching or is it more based through content or online courses? Yes. To all three of those. My favorite is one-on-one coaching, just because I get to know moms and really get to walk with them and see the transformation in their lives from feeling so overwhelmed and chaotic to really having a house where they feel like they know what they're doing and they feel like they're in charge of their home and that they have peace in their home. And that they can be intentional with the things that they want. I mean, that's my desire for every mama in the world, right? Is to be able to really thrive as a mom. So yeah, that's what I love doing. But I also have courses and create content and all that jazz too. Awesome. So today you're here specifically to share your knowledge with us on creating systems for peace in your home, which I'm sure so many moms are just feeling that right now. So can you start us off by explaining what do you mean by systems in your home? What does that mean? Yeah. So I like to think about systems as anything that takes the brain power away from us. So anything that we're not having to reinvent the wheel every time we're posed with a problem or a situation, right? So if I have a system, like a meal plan system, then every time I go to cook dinner, I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do tonight? Like, what do we have in the fridge? What did I cook last night? What do I need to cook tonight? I already know what I'm doing because the system has been set up in a way that prepares me for that, right? And so That's kind of what I mean by systems. Anything that makes your life easier, makes you have less decision fatigue, and makes you use less brain power. That's awesome. Thanks for clarifying that. So how do we know how to create systems in our home? How do we know even where to start or how to assess whether we need those systems or where to begin in implementing them? Yeah. Well, 
I am going to be so bold as to say that you need those systems. I'll just tell you that right now. Fair because <laughs> all, of, all of the things that we create systems around, you're doing it. You're just not doing it efficiently or right. you're not doing it in a calm manner. You're doing it very reactionary. And so to have a system in place for it just creates that calm and peace around it. I think the like very first place you need to start is figuring out what you're doing. So really taking stock of your activities throughout the day where you're spending your wheels, how much time you're using to do laundry or figuring out meals or grocery shopping, like whatever those things are that are filling up your day, how much time are you using to do those things? And then from there, we're going to make just a full out list of all the things. And then from there, we're going to figure out like, hey, what drains you and what makes you happy? What brings you joy? And the things that drain you, we really want to get as much of that off your plate as possible. And so we start with eliminating and are there activities you can eliminate? Are there processes you can eliminate? Are there things that we can automate or delegate to other kiddos in the home? I mean, just a, a slew of different things that we can do to help get those things off of your plate and onto somebody else's. Or if they have to be stuck on your plate, how can we make them as streamlined as possible? Right. So do you have an example for us in terms of like, what does one of those systems look like for you? Like, could you give an example of one of those processes? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about meal planning because you know we all have to feed our children yeah or we want to or not a lot of times a day yes. and so something that I have found recently that has made my life absolutely amazing I don't know if you guys have it up there but it, it's an app called emails and it hooks up with like a grocery delivery service and so I can hop on there and pick the meals that I want our family to eat for the week so I just pick ones that I'm like oh, I think my kids would like that and then it automatically adds all of those ingredients to my Walmart list oh. and then I check out and groceries are delivered like the next day or that night or whatever, but it's taken me like 10 minutes to plan our meal and to have groceries delivered. Like that's it. So cutting back from like my hours of staring at my piece of paper and try to figure out like, what do we have? Like, what do I need to, to meal plan? What do we need to do here? And then going grocery shopping for it and getting the ingredients. Like it's all just simmered down to like 10 minutes. And so all of that time that I've saved, I can do things that, I enjoy, I could read a book or I could play with my kids. I could go on a walk. I mean, there's a slew of things that I could do with that time now that I've freed that up. Right. So I would love if you could give us another example. I think meal planning is a big one, but I also can just think of like laundry or house cleaning. There's so many things where it just seems to pile up. And I find it so frustrating with laundry. Every time I fold the basket, there's a new one ready to be folded. Right. And so I would love to know if you have an example of some good systems for some of those other home pieces. I do. So laundry, there's so many things that we can just simply do. So if you don't like my first suggestion, just hang on because there's a lot of them. So I I love having a laundry day because it just focuses it all in one day. I'm not doing any other cleaning, any other picking up that day. It's just on laundry. So my mind is just focused on that. What I found with laundry is if, if I were to do it every day, I would forget about it a lot. And then I'd be like, oh shoot, I gotta go switch out laundry. Oh crud, I gotta go fold the clothes. Oh, like just constantly reacting to the thought of I need to go deal with it right now. And I went with four kids doing 30 minutes of laundry every day. And then with our family of 12 right now, I do 30 minutes of laundry a week. Wow. It has been life-changing doing a laundry day, having a system around it, have kids bring their laundry baskets down. Each kid has their own laundry basket, so I don't have to sort anything. And I put it in, switch it out, 
put it back in their basket, and then they take it upstairs and put it away. And little ones can do this. We have their drawers labeled, so it's super easy for them. They know like shorts go in here, underwear goes in here, and they can put away their stuff. And we have given up on folding because in our home, there's no reason to fold anything (laughs) because it gets destroyed. And you would never know that anything was folded if I spent three hours folding everything, you know? And so we've given up on that. I obviously fold and put away my clothes and hang them up or whatever. But I mean, all of that that I do in that process is only about 30 minutes. Right. It sounds like there's also some big mindset shifts that need to happen when you're implementing your systems, because Mm -hmm. I know I fold all of my clothes and my kids close the KonMari method way because I love the little straight shirts in, in the drawer. But you're right. I spend probably a couple times a week refolding the things that I originally put away that they take out and dishevel when they're trying to find their clothes in the morning for school. And so I think that it just kind of struck me like, man, there's some big mindset shifts that need to happen when you're implementing systems and things that you need to let go of or change your expectations around. Do you have any tips or suggestions for that? Yeah. I mean, I think just the reality of what you just said is big to realize that. Right. And so like, obviously aesthetics are important to you. So like, what could we shift in you to like, still have the aesthetic piece of having a lovely closet, having a lovely space with clothes, but maybe it's not being your kids that are going to destroy you two seconds later. Right. I'm curious if just doing your laundry that way and having that be kind of a more peaceful place or having a, a way that your kids could just like lay their clothes flat and it just be more functional than it is aesthetically pleasing, you know? Right. And I think just kind of clinging to that of like, I'm saving so much time here. This is better for the kids. This is better for me. And just kind of repeating those things to yourself until you believe it. Right. And I think letting go of those things we cannot control, right? Or or aren't healthy for us to control, right? And I think if my daughter wants to sit and fold the laundry with me, one thing I've been learning is when she folds it and it's in a ball, that that's okay, right? That that folding that is not how I would do it is okay. And one of the things I actually recently implemented is putting like those little dividers in the drawers so that she can put her shirts in one basket and her pants in one basket so that if they're folded or not, I can just shove them in that basket and she knows where they go. But you're right. It is a lot of mindset shifts as well as putting practical strategies in place. Yeah. And I think that I kind of cheated and going from like just a few kids to like a whole lot of kids really fast because it kind of forced me to hit rock bottom. And I was very jolted into the reality of you can't control this. Like there's no control in anything really, right? Like I can put things in place and I can like try to steer them in the right direction, but I can't control whether or not Matthew's going to keep his clothes folded because most likely he's going to dump them out every day, you know? And so I could choose to hang on to that and be like ticked about it, that he just destroyed all the hard work that I put into this. Because I would like to say I was like so calm and patient refolding his clothes, but truly I would get so angry about it. Right. And so just kind of realizing, checking myself and my emotions of like, this is not worth it, you know? Yeah. Do you have any strategies for how moms can prioritize the things that are important to them? Like, is there a process that is good for them to go through or a way that they can get themselves there? I love that you just said process. Um, (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So I think figuring out what that is, like you've got to know your values and you've got to know what's important to you and your family. And what's important to me is not what's important to you. And I think often we're trying to force other people's values, other people's priorities on ourselves. 
Because your values may not be that you want to be going to soccer practice every day and spending all day at the soccer fields. Whereas another mama's, that may be it. And so getting really clear on what your yeses are and figuring out what your family values, what you want to be doing, I think that is the first place to start making a list of those things. And then let's kind of look at our schedule and make sure we have those things planned in first. And then all the other things can fall around. Right. For busy working moms who Mm -hmm. are working and trying to be the CEO of their home, where would you say is a good place to start? Is there a system that's easier to put in place or that you find has greater benefit in terms of when that's in place, they have more time for other things? Like, is there a good place for working moms to start? Yeah. So every family is so different. I just cannot say that enough. And what is important to them and what's like unique to you and what's unique to all the other mamas out there. But I think creating a team mentality in your home Mm. is absolutely huge. And let me kind of break that down for you a little bit because we are not the only ones living in our home. And there's all these other people that are also living in our home. They're your team. They're your people, right? They're making messes. They're eating. They're doing all things. And so figuring out how to divide responsibility up amongst the masses, I think is amazing. And one way that we do this in our house is we call them chores, but whatever terminology you want to kind of wrap your mind around of like teamwork, getting in there and doing things together. So in the morning, our kids have like roommate responsibilities that they're in charge of. And that's a lot of like helping unload the dishes, putting their dishes in the sink, simple things like that, that you want your kids to know how to do before they go off to college and start living with someone else, right? Right. You don't want them to be the slob of the group. Then at five o'clock, we have what we call five o'clock jobs. So we have an alarm or timer go off and that helps us just be accountable to an alarm and not necessarily to me. Like it takes me out of the argument, right? Yeah. The alarm went off. It's time. It's time for five o'clock jobs. And everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing during that time. We've little charts that we've created, just kind of a contract between the two of us. It's like, Hey, this is your part. This is how you're going to participate as our team member and our family. And each kid has three areas that they're in charge of. So when they get ready for school the next day, so making their lunch, laying out their clothes, um, two, they have a job for helping get ready for dinner. And number three, they have a zone that they're in charge of. And so that could be like your living room area, or if your entryway is always a mess, like it could be the entryway or whatever. I like to think about when I go to bed at night, how do I want to go to bed? Like, how do I want to wake up in the morning? Am I going to want a clean house? And if so, am I the one trying to straighten everything up really quick before bedtime? Right. And if so, like, let's have the kids help participate in that so that you go to bed with a clean house and you can wake up to a clean house and have a fresh start. Yeah. The days that you wake up and you've actually cleaned the kitchen before you've gone to bed just feel so good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any strategies? I know it can be really hard. Like if a mom is hearing this podcast episode, And they're like, well, that's great, but I didn't start like that, right? Do you have any tips or strategies for how to now transition and start to get your kids on board or your spouse on board in creating that teamwork culture and kind of implementing those chores? Yeah. So I, I'm a big believer in vulnerability with our people. And I think that that allows for them to step up to the plate. Obviously there's a difference in me saying like, okay, we're going to do this and you're going to do it now. And I need you to go in there and I need you to do this and you're going to do it every day. And, and kind of just commanding them what to do opposed to like sitting down with them and saying, Hey guys, I need to talk to you. I've just been feeling super tired. I'm working all day long. And, and then I get home and then I'm exhausted and house needs to be clean. And you've, you know, whatever, kind of just telling them how you're really feeling and how overwhelmed you feel and hey, I was thinking, would you guys be okay helping out a little bit more on the house? I could be wrong here, but I don't think that your people are going to say, 
No, I'm sorry. Suck it up, mom. I think that when we meet them with vulnerability, that they in turn respond with vulnerability and kindness. Right. Yeah, that's such an important piece. And the open communication, I often find too, it helps when you can make it fun, right? If you can find a way to, like you said, like charts and, or make it easy, like little checklists. One of the things that I struggled with was when the kids came home from school, I felt like I was constantly nagging, go put your boots back, go back to the door and hang your coat, put your lunch out of your backpack on the counter, put your, like, I just felt like I was this running to-do list that I was just like spewing all the time. And so one of the things that I found really helpful was I created this little checklist of the like six things that they have to do after school. And before they earn any show time or earn any kind of special activity, they have to do these five things first. And I just now need to refer to the checklist. Have you done your checklist yet? Let's look at the checklist. And it has made a huge difference in our after school rhythm and just the energy in the home and just kind of creating that system for being able to walk into our evening peacefully. Yeah. And I love that's so simple, but you not having to think through each kid of, have you hung up your backpack yet? Have you hung up your backpack yet? And going through and trying to figure out like what they have and haven't done and what they still need to do and whose shoes are these on the floor, but just having like a simple, that third party of go look at your checklist. Have you done that? And it's just the checklist opposed to those five things you're remembering for each child. Yeah. So is there any other practical strategies or tips or things that you think are really important for us to know about creating systems for a peaceful home before we end our time together? Yes. I would love just to talk about the importance of self-care. And I know that especially working mamas, you're exhausted. Like it's, it's exhausting. I don't believe this is how it's supposed to be of us just working ourselves to the bone and then coming home and having to work ourselves to the bone even more. And so I I really have found the importance of putting in self-care practices. And again, for every mama, it's different. And there's so many ways you can take care of yourself. And I want to view this as a bigger picture of not like, hey, let's go get a pedicure and let's take a bubble bath. But like, really, what does my body need? What does my soul need? What does my mind need? How can I feel these things? And how can I do that? And then let's create a plan for it. And then how can we ask for it from other people, right? To help us come alongside us. So finding a babysitter or asking a spouse or switching off with a friend, like getting really creative and how you make those things happen, but then making them happen because you're worth it. You are worth that taking care of. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think as moms, we often put ourselves on the bottom of that list, right? Yeah. Hopefully you'll have lots of free time once you implement these systems, but then you'll have the space to really prioritize yourself. Yeah. yeah. I have a little self-care guide that I would love to share with your people. If you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That would okay. be awesome. Okay. And it kind of walks you through all of that to really figure out what you need as a person and then how to make a plan for that and how to walk through that and asking for help with that. Yeah, we can definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for sharing your wisdom with us and giving us really practical strategies. I encourage you all to give Laura a follow and check her out on social media. Laura, where is the best place for moms to connect with you? Yeah, mamasystems.net or at mamasystems on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. And all the links will be in the show notes at sarahreckman.com slash 25. 
Okay. So one of the last things that I really like to chat about, since one of my goals for my podcast is to let moms know that they're not alone. At the end of each interview, I like to ask moms three special questions to help moms feel connected and heard. Are you ready if we do those now? I am. Awesome. So what is one thing as a mom that you long for? A vacation. Yes. (laughs) Where would you go if you got to go on this vacation? Like if I could just wave a magic wand, I would be at a beach right now. I don't really care what beach. I'm like just a beach somewhere (laughs) in the sun. Sounds lovely. As a working mom, what do you feel keeps you up at night? Yeah, we have some special needs kiddos. And so I think just thinking through what's going on with them and how I can love them and serve them if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm enabling them and their behavior, if I'm really helping them and coming alongside them, it keeps me up at night. That's what I think about. Yeah, that's a big role. Especially when you have children who are neurodiverse and and really understanding all those unique needs and then trying to balance them with other children's needs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I find one of the most common answers I get when I ask that question has to do with, am I enough and am I doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. Well, last question is, what is one lesson that you have learned along the way that is important to pass on to other working moms? And it's okay to ask for help. Mm. And it's really good to ask for help. It's kind of that same vulnerability and then creating intimacy with people. And whether that's your neighbor or your family or whoever, just saying like, hey, I can't do it all. It's a really huge statement to say out loud. And then can you help me with X? I think is is really huge because when people step up, you see that they love you and that they care for you and you really matter to them. And I think that's a beautiful thing. We all need to know that. We all need to know that we belong and are valued. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for sharing both the beautiful and messy parts of motherhood with us today. It was a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you so much for connecting with me. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you or how you can implement all these things and more into your life to make it simpler, freer, and more abundant, head to sarahreckman.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you think would love it. Also, please leave a review. Your ratings and reviews help more moms like you find this podcast. Mama, remember, you don't have to do it alone. See you next time. I'm Sarah Reckman, and this is the Wholehearted Mom Podcast.